New Photic Realm announcement. Uh, submission windows for upcoming issues. Issue 10, the theme is justice. That's hard-boiled fiction with a supernatural twist. The deadline for that will be April 1st, 2020. Issue 11, the theme is kaiju. Giant monsters terrorizing civilization. Deadline will be October 1st, 2020 for those stories. Issue 12, the theme is lycanthropy, which is, of course, self-explanatory. Um, it can be any type of animorph with a bloody twist. Uh, so I guess that's werewolves and Jesus, giant, I don't know. What do people turn into? Seals? I've just got a little seal on my desk, so I thought of that. I don't know. You have to be more imaginative than I just was. Uh, but the deadline for lycanthropy, January 1st, 2021. Good luck to everyone submitting. Madeline Swan. She's celebrating the release of her latest book, The Vine That Ate the Starlet. It's out now with Filthy Loot. Uh, we had a great chat as always, and I hope you enjoy it. As always, you can get in touch with me using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com if you've got anything you want to let me know about or if you want to be a guest, whatever it is. Uh, but that's all for me for the intro, so here is my chat with Madeline Swan. So you just caught me at an interesting moment. I just emailed, please stop, to a web design company. This website company. They've been emailing me, like, over the last three, no longer, maybe a month and a half, something like that, and mm -hmm. insisting that they can do a good, like, web job for me, like, like web, or it was, it was other stuff as well, like something to do with my phone. And then they'd email me again saying, hi, we noticed you didn't respond. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and I just, just didn't like insisting and not get, I didn't reply to them once. And today I finally had enough and just emailed, please stop. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> so had they just randomly contacted you or what? Was oh, it something no, you'd asked? No, they okay. <laughs> never spoken to them before. But I'm really like, they really want to do my web stuff. I, well, I don't know. It's funny you should say that because five minutes before we were supposed to talk, two it sounded like two men just like screaming in the street, one of them like quite violently as if the other one was like chasing him or had just like attacked him or something. And then uh, and then silence. And then you just look in the street and it's like, what, what uh, where? And this happens yeah. like, that's not the first time that's happened. Um, in fact, once like I, when I was in Oslo, I had to call the police. Because I thought I could hear something downstairs, and then they would, they just investigated and found nothing. So, is it ghosts or something like Norwegian yeah. ghosts? Wow, I don't know. 
But anyways, one like time, it, when I was staying at my mum and stepdad's, uh, um, was it? No, it wasn't last Christmas. It was the Christmas before. Uh, the, uh, my stepdad was just making, um, you know, Christmas dinner, and suddenly we get um, a knock at the door, and it's all these police, and they've got all these dogs, and we, were, we could hear all these dogs barking, and we thought, what's going on? And these police just like came into the house and and, and said like we need to look in your garden and and suddenly there was a guy on a roof like a couple of doors down going leave me alone I didn't do it I didn't do it and so it was so really bizarre and intense and uh, all these police dogs everywhere police at, like it was crazy. And then did you ever find out what that was about? Because you 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 never do, do you? Oh, you did. Yeah, okay. well, I did. Because uh, I I looked on that Twitter mm-hmm. the day after because I'm that nosy, and uh, apparently it was just some guy that had been done for shoplifting so many times that he was going to end up being put away. So he was trying to hide in people's gardens, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he'd climbed onto a rooftop. <laughs> so that was a bit of excitement for the day. Well, see, like, anytime I find, like, an interesting tweet, I'm like, oh, that's a cool story. Like, let me look at that. And then it's, like, top comment, Madeline Swan. Yeah, you go. That's great. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on there. She's just ahead of the game on, like, anything that's happening there. Anything cool that's happening there, not, like, oh, bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. thank you. That's an important distinction. I am just nosy, though, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, last time we spoke, I think, was, like, September. 2018 I'm going to guess something like that uh, yeah I think you could be right it would be in the zoom call thing that's no, not oh, zoom didn't zoom didn't even exist then um yeah. August end of August it feels like it's always been here now zoom so films on it yeah With, uh, yeah did you see host by the way I've heard of it but I also I also made my own feature film that looks like a zoom call as well <laughs> everyone has got the idea no, I have seen that. Have I seen that? I don't even know. You haven't seen mine. No, it's not available no. yet. But yeah, no, it's a very popular, very popular thing. I think it's cool. Um, yeah. Especially if you're like a complete amateur cinematographer like me. It's like there are no images in the film. It's just yeah. people talking. So yeah. it's great. You don't need to design so, that um, at all. Yeah, I want to. I want to see yours because I always, you know, do inventive ways of doing films and stuff. I'll send. I'll send it to you. I've got like a watermarked yeah. copy that I can send to like press and stuff. We're going to send it to um festivals and things. Yeah, that's good. Um, see what happens. But I imagine it's pretty much like writing. They just go, "Yeah, we loved it. No, we hated it. Yeah, we love it. Tomorrow, next year, we didn't. We did. We didn't. Oh, the editors changed. No, we hate you." No, editor changed again. No, we love you again. You're great. And it's like, sorry, and all, all, all this while you're supposed to be getting better and accumulating the skills, and you're just, every time you start a new story, it's just like, uh, 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 I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I think the host managed to be quite uh, spooky, actually. Like the stories, you know, it's, I mean, it's an hour long, so it's not. It's an hour long, okay. In depth. But, mm-hmm. um, I need yeah, to check it out. It managed to be quite spooky. It made me kind of jump, you know, and go, ah, a few times. And I'm quite a quite a cynical, hardened horror fan, really. <laughs> but I do really like um, spooky things. I just, you know, violence and, and whatever it's like, 
but, but spooky, creepy things, I love it. Mm -hmm. Much prefer it. So, uh, two years have gone by. I'll give you a minute to summarise them. But you're 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 two years, not not the world's. Yeah. The world's um, a different business. Um, uh, the vine that ate the starlet is out with filthy loot, like in a week or something. Oh, great! Um, we haven't had like specific a specific release date, but it's just like when the books um, are done and so on. So there's that. Um, other things happened. Oh, some stories, I suppose. And I got married. Uh, I, I think... I don't oh, think congratulations. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, yeah. I said that happening. Um, yeah. I think that's about it, really. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the, the uh, oh my god, I nearly forgot the Chippy uh, would kill me. Uh, the British Bizarro anthology, Chippy being Liam Shardlow. Um, I forget <laughs> people don't call him Chippy. Um, so yeah, that's uh, like an anthology, and all of the proceeds go to Mermaid UK. Oh wow! Um, okay. Yes, like a, uh, a trans and gender diverse young people's charity and loads of new people who've got stories in the book. So that's good. That's the thing I'm really excited about is I don't know who a lot of these people are and, and that's really cool. So how did you find them? Uh, we, we sent out like, um, you know, like the horror tree and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like submission call, open submission calls and that sort of thing. And I uh, got the, all these submissions and they were all good. And it was, it was so, like, I know everyone says, oh, I hated having to choose between all the, but I genuinely, like, it was a genuinely awful experience. Like, I really loved reading the stories. But knowing that you're cutting someone out and, and that is actually, you know, it's not easy. But we've ended up with really, really good ones. Like, even being a writer, you get told you know, a thousand different ways, it was good, but it just didn't fit, mm. you know, things along those lines. And you just have to kind of go, oh, okay, you know, mm. and that's, that's, that's part of it. So if it didn't fit, then it didn't. <laughs> yeah, like you're going to hear that again, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, does it bother you getting rejected? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I am quite, a, you know, I'm a very sensitive soul. So, you know, if you get rejected or something, you're going to sort of feel it in your, you know, deep in your bones. There's no, you, you can't really, I can't really sort of pretend that I don't, but I think it, it's good to be logical about these things. And even though it feels like I've had rejections that really disappointed me mm. a lot, but um, after a day or two, thinking about it you just kind of go oh okay you know you have to just be logical about it all really mm -hmm. and and uh it didn't get in that's fine but there's always other stuff you can you know other places you can submit to or you can change this or or you know there's this things yeah exactly i mean you're, you're like you're always getting better so you can always like 
Mm, I don't know. I mean, with short stories, there is a time when you just kind of go, it's, it's done. I'm not touching it anymore. Um, but, you know, there's an, you can always write another story. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, just, yeah. and, and every time you start a new story, I don't know about you, but, like, it's the most exciting thing I've ever worked on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one thing I've noticed is I remember um, oh, years ago I wrote a book and it never got anywhere. And looking back, I completely understand why it didn't. Because it mm. was like my first attempt and um, it wasn't actually that good, really. And at the time, it was like the idea of doing anything other than this book and trying to do, you know, um, get anything. Uh, submitted or sold that wasn't this book just seemed like mind-boggling I was like but I've written this whole book it has to be this thing Mm. and then eventually like you start working on other things and you start getting better and uh, it's you know you always kind of think about the next thing or maybe that one or you know I'll see what happens with this thing and so you know you don't get so fixated at the start you're very fixated yeah, that's true on, on the one idea. And and I've seen that that, um, I think now I have this filmmaking club, I'm finally like around creatives in real life, which I've never really been before. And um, I see that notion of like, they've got this film in their head that's just never going to come out because it, it looks perfect in there. Mm. And like, well, I can't, I can't do anything with that. Like, do you want me to congratulate you on how amazing this thing is that doesn't exist? Like, yeah. and it, it's like, um, because self-esteem is getting in the way because once it comes out, it won't look the way it does in the head. And so, like, yeah. you have to face that disappointment. Um, but when you see somebody else doing it, it's so easy to notice, like, how yeah. much that holds that person back. Um, yeah. Rather than it's always difficult to see in yourself. Yeah. And it's like when, when at the beginning, like, I've, I've spoken to people who are still sort of at, the, at that point where they just have this one story. And um, I remember talking to... A person who who wanted to make films, but he just he would he would tell you the story like uh, almost from start to finish, and how it was like really clear in this person's head. I don't know if they ever actually got round to making it. Mm. So, like it's a, it's an interesting idea. Like at the, at the beginning when you first start, you have this um, the idea of it, and then how it actually comes out, like the first book that I tried to write and it's mm. like so different it's like why are you not doing the thing that's in here in my brain why are you doing this weird thing that's not as good well I don't know about you but now like I've told I've told all the stories I thought I had to tell yeah. and they don't look not only don't they look like they did in my head but they're I'm not terribly satisfied as like a person at all like I have more to say different things to yeah. say and um yeah, I don't know that that notion, like you say, of the one thing and how amazing it's going to be. It just it, it never turns out that way. But once you reach this point, now I just feel like I'm discovering what the story is all the time. And when I first I'm writing the first draft of something now, I'm just like kind of guessing what the story is. Mm-hmm. I think I think he goes there. No, he doesn't go there because he actually, if he says that at the beginning, then he'll probably have to go there instead. Now he'll be dead at that point. So we got to, you know, and you're just yeah. I go over and over like that. To make the story fit all the way through. Hmm. Very confusing, but at the same time, like if you have no expectations of what it's supposed to be when it comes out, then you then you just fully allow it to be its own thing. Yes. Um, I guess you're fine, I feel. Yeah. 
But tell me about the vine that ate the starlet. Um, I mean, I know that this is like a time period that's always been attractive to you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's set in the 1920s um, in a New York that's been overrun by man-eating plants. And uh, it's, it's kind of a world of like um, glitz and glamour. And the main character is a gossip columnist and she ends up being pulled into this um, mystery where a starlet that attended a party she was at was eaten by one of the man-eating plants, but there's something fishy about it. And she ends up being pulled into this uh, world of dodgy PR agencies and uh, secrets and and so on that she never expected. Um, And yeah, it has um, Bill, you know, who I'm married to now, he... So your husband. Yes, my husband <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bill, the guy that I married. That guy. That one. <laughs> he he, uh, he said it's got like all my interests in kind of like a you know put together like um, gossip and uh, you know nineteen twenties um, and glamour and weird B movie plants. <laughs> so yeah. That's awesome. Have you always like, have you always been kind of confident in writing about your own interests? Like, cause for me, when I started submitting stuff, I was just like, well, what do they want me to write? And it's, that doesn't go anywhere, you know? I think, uh, the, well, the first thing that I wrote, which was the books that didn't go anywhere, was about um, Victorians and sideshows and and stuff like that, which was definitely an interest of mine. So I think I've, for me, writing has, has been about um, going headfirst into my own interests. <laughs> Maybe it's like a self-indulgent thing, but that's the thing that makes me want to sit there and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are there any kind of uh, writing influences here with this book? Um, well, I guess... I'm in. I'm interested in, um, you know, the the Algonquin Round Table in New York, which was Dorothy Parker and, and and that. Which I don't. I don't necessarily think it reads the same as her stuff. But um, she was, you know, they were definitely a, a kind of influence. That kind of whole society uh, of the nineteen twenties type thing, but. Um, it's, I don't know, more, it's more weird, I guess. <laughs> Is this like a time, do you wish you lived in this time period? Um, I, I actually don't. I, unless it was like a um, fantastical version in which everyone was equal and so on. <laughs> um, but Fair. actually, I like the, the fact that we have... Um, you know, that we're a bit further along in certain respects, and I like comfort, and I like, um, you know, mod cons and so on. So um, I kind of live in a sort of fantasy version of the 20s in my head, in which I can still, you know, watch YouTube. <laughs> For me, I'm just like, are my teeth going to be okay? Where can I take a shower? Like, if I can't, if I can't answer those two questions, like, I'm not going there. 
Like even yeah. even like today, <laughs> even in the real world, the present. Um, That's fair enough. No, I do I do like comfort, and, and um, it doesn't seem that comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, so is this like this is your third or fourth published novella, right? Um, it's yeah, I think it's the third. I think. I think it's the third one, yeah. Mm. yeah. Do you like the format? Are you sticking with it for future works? Um, I think the next thing that I do, um, I'm doing, I'm, I've got my notes back from the editor for um, a middle grade book, and I think that's going to be, I don't know, it's supposed to be roughly forty thousand. I'm not hundred percent on that yet. I mm. Um, and then the next thing I do, I think I'm going to try and do like a, you know a novel but I do enjoy doing novellas and I definitely want to do one again because mm-hmm. it's just it's just fun you know you can leak your brain out sort of pretty quickly and I I prefer reading quicker stuff now yeah you know? <laughs> I really much prefer it honestly I pick up books that are like over 400 pages and I'm just like really like you couldn't have said this <laughs> You couldn't have said this faster. How like how concise a writer can you really be? <laughs> totally. Oh dear. Um, I do have a draft of a novel that I need to get back to, but it's essentially just like four novellas stuck together. You know, like four vaguely intersecting storylines. Yeah. Um. So I think it, it must be a format that I kind of excel at as well. I love that. Just like say your thing. Give us the three acts, get out, I'm going to go yeah. shopping, you know. Yeah, it's like I, I just read um, uh, How to Successfully Kidnap Strangers, I think that's what it's called, by Max Booth Third. And oh, yeah. It's basically set over, I think, like one night or two nights or something, and it feels really, like, the story is really quick and you get to know the characters really quick and something happens straight away, you <laughs> know. I really enjoyed that, and it was funny, so, yeah, recommended. Cool, cool. What, uh, what other good stuff have you read recently? Oh, um, I think that uh, and um, the last fictions I've read recently was that and, I've got a Spectral Hue by uh, Craig Gibney, Craig Gibney, I think, something like that. And I liked that. It was, it's kind of, it had lots of things I like in it that drew me to it, which was, it's sort of inspired by the colour out of space, I think, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like a, a sort of mystical colour is um, affecting this one place. And then everyone in this one place who's affected by the, this colour are mostly like the author's a black guy and everyone there it's like it's like from that kind of perspective with all the characters and it's like a residence of artists like a commune not exactly a commune but you know mm-hmm. sort of like artists weird colors you know you know it had a lot of things in it that i enjoyed <laughs> that's cool um what about films oh uh, I watched Fantastic Planet recently. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one. It's a 1973 animation. 
Okay. Um, I think because because I'm on the Bizarro Discord, I get a lot of recommendations that I wouldn't normally get for stuff, and I've not heard of that before, mm. which is weird because it's like something that my dad probably would have watched, you know. But uh, it's like this really weird uh, sci-fi animation, but it's very French and dreamy, and um, it's got all these little creatures that sort of pop up uh, that aren't anything to do with the plot, and then they do something weird, like an egg hatches, and then this little creature comes out, and another creature comes along and starts licking it, so you think, oh, that's nice, that's its parent, and then it just eats it. <laughs> and it's got little things like that all the way through. Cool. Um, um, okay, so Bizarro Discord, is this associated with your... No, it's not. It's I think I'm in it as well. It's just like Bizarro yeah. writers in general. Yeah. Mm. We've got the British Bizarro Facebook Messenger thing, which is where we all sorted out the anthology. And the Bizarro Discord is just whoever, you know, any writer from any part of the world can go in, I think. Mm. But tell, okay, but tell me about your the British Bizarro community. It's just like, uh, well, you're there, Leo, so... I am. <laughs> it's just like um, <laughs> a bunch of UK and Ireland, I suppose. I don't know if anyone Irish is, is in there. Mm. Um, people who write weird stuff and want to um, get more of a thing going over here um and yeah like i said we've worked on the anthology and we've done some readings we plan to do some readings but obviously pandemic hmm. uh, and we did a sort of performance type thing at edgelit um the convention um so yeah we just want to do more stuff together that will advance that's cool i think all i really did was like say hi and then I think later I guiltily was just like, oh, sorry, I haven't contributed, like, still interested in what happened. And then at one point, you, like, there was a Facebook call. And I was like, oh, cool, they're calling. And then I realized, oh, this is like something, this is for something they're planning that I've not followed at all. Because I was kind of tempted just to pick up anyway and be like, oh, hi. <laughs> you, should, you should have, because, I mean, that's the thing, like, you can get as a, uh, involved or not involved as you want. Because, you know, like a couple of people have had, to step back for a bit for various reasons and then other people are like way involved and so mm. yeah okay a, a big deal a super formal thing okay cool yeah. right i'll make sure and yeah try and get involved and stuff but this anthology is it out yeah yes yeah it is the bumper book of british bizarro it is out now yeah um so where do we where do we get it? Usual usual channels. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. I think is it just on Amazon? I think it might be. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the purchase link and that is all to Mermaids. You know, just goes there. Cool. That's about it, really. Yeah. Cool. I'll make sure we link to. Um, did you you have you got some reviews back for it yet? I think you were sending it out to blogs and things. Yeah. Um, mm. I think, um, oh, I'm terrible with names. I don't even remember the names of my own characters or books or anything really. Um, <laughs> Me neither. Ben, <laughs> ben, he does reviews on his channel. Ben is not writing, 
that's his channel. Okay, or, uh, that'll do. Well. That's the handle. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's reviewed it and he liked it and um, oh god, somebody else is just Z Z Burns, of course. Um, and I think a couple other people. Alright, cool. But I'll stop trying to remember now. That's fine. I read, um, of course, it was a Stephen King quote. Like, if you follow anything writing based, you just end up like with a ton of Stephen King news that you're not necessarily interested in. But um, <laughs> it was a good quote. Something about like he he remembers like everything, like all his characters and all the adventures that they've been on, like in all of his books. No, I definitely. I was like, dude, I can barely name mine. What, what are you on about? <laughs> It's kind of like, I don't necessarily feel like, oh, I've written that now. I, I don't ever, ever think about it again. But mm. um, I do become very hazy on specifics and names and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I feel like I remember the important stuff. Yeah. But, but little things like names and, and such, maybe not. <laughs> There's another quote I like. It's like um the the paint my paintings are the ashes of my art, so like the the art for artists is the process of making the thing, yeah. and really by the time it's done, yeah, there's nothing more for us to learn from it. Um, yeah, I think that kind of makes sense. In which case, it's like the least interesting thing to me in the world. Like I'd rather see any other, like you know what I mean when I say this, but like, I'd rather see any other film than my own. I've watched it like 20 times. Yeah. It, I know everything about sense. it, you know? Yeah. Um, and the same goes for my books. I've read them so many times. Um, yeah. I think I, Aldous Huxley said um, about A Brave New World that he wasn't totally, he wasn't really happy with the, you know, the character that's born on the outside and not in the bit where... Yeah, the, the Brave New World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, he speaks in he speaks really Shakespearean, doesn't he? Like because he's learned English by reading Shakespeare. Okay. I'll just actually said in something that I read that he he kind of wishes he hadn't done that because he doesn't actually think that it was very realistic. However, it's kind of like he's written it now and he doesn't want to be one of those writers that goes in and changes things and it's already out there. Mm -hmm. So you know. I, <laughs> I think it's best even to keep little things like that to yourself because I guarantee yeah. that like if readers like if readers probably weren't even thinking about it. Yeah. And then it you didn't really yeah occur to me if I didn't read that I think that's terribly unrealistic. Yeah. You know, with all the other crazy stuff that's happening in that book mm -hmm. it doesn't sort of leap particularly out at me. No, it's the same that like um when I was making this film, some people wonder, like, of course, when people are watching a film that they're in, they're just watching themselves. And they're just yeah. like, oh, oh, my face was weird there. And oh, like, yeah. nobody, yeah. there's like six other people on the screen. You know, I've, I put this together. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. chill out. It's fine. You know? I mean, that, that's something that you've got to get used to, isn't it? Because, um, you know, if you're, if you're in films... That's like it's not in your control, is it? It must be quite difficult when you first start acting. Because um, I did a bit of acting, but nothing like a lot, really. Mm -hmm. Just sort of really low budget stuff. But when you when you start getting more and more work, it must be a hard thing to sort of let go of your um, 
your shell. I don't know. Like, it must be a difficult thing to let go of the, all the control of how you are presented. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. when you get when you get a reputation for that, like, oh, like, you're really good at acting. But in order to be good at acting, you have to, like, not really be thinking about it. Like, you have yeah. to let the acting out. You don't... Yes. Um, don't be thinking about how you're looking. You don't do a good acting, you know? You don't... Yeah. That just... sounded like a Carl Pilkington. <laughs> thinking about how you're <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, though. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah, there was like um, some interview I was watching where somebody was quoting Laurence Olivier. He did uh, Richard III, and he was like super depressed before it started. He was like, "I'm going to be terrible," blah blah blah. Apparently, like went on stage, knocked out of the park, possessed by the character. Everyone amazed. Gets back off, depressed again. Is like, how do I do that again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, oh, I don't think I could live on the nerves. Like, no, so, oh, no. Who wants who wants that to be like your source of income? Like, no, definitely. I I don't know how they do it really. Like from from dealing with that when you're successful to sort of the other end of it where you aren't perhaps getting anywhere and like the terror <laughs> of. Uh, you know, needing your next acting job, you know, mm. it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Not for me, no, no. But um, tell me, I'm sure you have, like, some new internet obsessions. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, don't we? Um, a new obsession. Okay, so last time I think I talked about the people who formed groups around people that they didn't like that's kind of like moved on right okay so i think i'm sorry that i live next to an airport okay yeah um the so last time i remember i was telling you about how there's youtubers that a bunch of people don't like and they form entire communities and their videos are literally all about this one person that they don't like mm -hmm. that's all they talk about with each other is it well, that particular community is kind of like exploded now, and there is now a new community of people who don't like the, the community. original yeah. commenters who didn't like that one YouTuber. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's fascinating. It's like, so this new community says that that lot are bullies, mm -hmm. and um, are proceeding to bully this group that they said are bullies. And, oh, my God, it's just, it's, it's a phenomenon. Well, see, there's your novel structure. Yes. It just goes on. It feels like an absurdist novel. It feels like it's by one of the Russian absurdists or something. It's like, if I was to write that, people would probably say that I was taking it too far. Mm -hmm. No. I need to do something inspired by it all because I've been following it for so long. Um, for me, I, I I watch a lot of like left wing YouTube stuff where they complain about like stupid stuff that right wing American pundits have said, yeah. even though that like does not concern me in the slightest. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I watch that. Like I watch the surface and things. Yeah, like and um. I don't know, like sometimes 
you say you're above it all, but sometimes you just want to watch someone laugh at someone say something really ridiculous. Yeah, maybe it's that. Yeah. Yeah. I accept that about myself now. No, that's nice because it's like, um, yeah, because like I say, like when I go into my day job, sometimes people like rush up to me and ask me questions and I'm like, oh, why, why are you asking me that? And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, I've done this for like seven years. I'm technically like probably an expert or something yeah, yeah. an like, expert you're an expert yeah and then it's like shit is that what it feels like to me? like i don't feel yeah. any different you know you're someone that people look up to oh fuck it's true <laughs> it's true no sometimes i see people like because there are people younger than me in my filmmaking group yeah sometimes i say things and i see them like going yeah yeah like almost like writing it down in their head and then i'm like no 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 i, I like i don't know anything like don't don't quote me, don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm, I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think I can use that as an excuse anymore. No, I think, no, no. I think I've just, I've reached the point where you, I mean, I guess you just go through layers of definitively understanding that nobody's grown up, right? Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. a certain point, when you're younger, mm-hmm. you, you still honestly think that, um, you're going to reach this magical point where you feel like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you, you never do. Like, I'm almost 40 or, you know, I'm 38 and uh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, no, you never get there. Mm. No, I, um, my sister was here and I think she's about the same age and um, I think she, I should probably know that. Um, and uh, my friend was here who's like, about to turn 20 I think and he was like oh yeah but like he said something and then he was like but, oh, but I'm not a real adult yet and my sister was like neither am I like nobody is yeah. you never are <laughs> no yeah you get there in age but no. I think I think like it gets easier because you're just like happier admitting it because I feel like you know like you and I like we read a lot of books we've talked to a lot of people like I feel like if I was supposed to know more about what was going on I would and I don't, so... And I think once you realise that everyone else feels like that as well, it's actually a huge relief. Mm. I mean, I still think that there are people who do know a, a lot more, um, like, who are able to deal with stuff a lot better than, than me. There are some people who are genuinely, like, I look at them and I think, how are you behaving so much like an adult right now? How are mm. you doing so well? But generally, I think, yeah... You know, it's, you, you never quite mm. suddenly attain grown-up-ness. Well, for the, like, for the longest time, I just wanted to, like, I don't know. I think it's being young. You just want to be special and be seen as unique and, and everything. And so I really resisted the notion of not being alone as, like, a comfort. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, but I want to be alone. I want to be special and different, but I'm not. <laughs> not. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I love it though. Now I'm on this side, like I don't want to go back. <laughs> um, how was your? Where did you get married? Oh yeah. Um, we just got married in Southend in the registry office, and um, our anniversary is Halloween. Cool. <laughs> we got married uh, last last Halloween. Actually, it's our first anniversary this Halloween. So uh, yeah, if we're still sort of stuck indoors, which I don't. I have no idea if we're all 
still going to be sort of under quarantine. Um, but if we are, I kind of had a plan B in my brain of we'll just have like, um, uh, we'll just get loads of like Halloween sweets from Tesco's delivered and have like a little, a tea party sort of thing. So have some cake and tea and watch horror films all day and night. Nice. So, yeah. Sounds like something you should do anyway. <laughs> we, we actually are, but the idea is also to go out to eat, but, um, you know, we could just go take away. I mean, it's an anniversary and I'll just dress up for the takeaway. <laughs> You've been together like a long time before you were married, so? Yeah, we've been together for nearly seven years. Mm. Um, December. Yeah. December it'll be seven years. So, yes. Was it like Was it a Halloween themed wedding? It was we we had it so completely tiny, um, because the idea of organising this whole huge thing just really didn't appeal to either of us. Mm. So we decided to have like um literally our well, uh, my mum and stepdad and Bill's mum and um, one of my friends, and she was supposed to have one of his friends, but he brought three, <laughs> but that's fine. Like, he's a very sociable bear. And, um, like, a couple of other family members and went for a pizza. Like, we got married, and then we went for a pizza. And that's <laughs> what we did. And uh, I was wearing, like, um, this all crazy stuff, and it was, like, we were just in a pizza restaurant, you know? So I'm sure everyone was like, what on earth is going on? <laughs> but I was dressed with like this one-eyed dull fascinator and my stepdad was in a rainbow suit and um, and then we were just like eating in a really normal place and it was, it was really good fun. So, yeah. That's nice though. I think um, when I got married, there was like, it was only 30 people, which is small for that kind of event as well but there's not enough time to talk to 30 people in a day you can't like no. chat reasonably with them in an hour so just running around the room really stressed and i think yeah. everyone's it i don't know if it was me but everyone seemed to be taking it personally that they weren't getting to talk to me more and yeah. like i just got a big accumulation of that oh god that's yeah, not, that's, that's you don't want that yeah, you don't want that happening stressful. and mm. i know that i don't really enjoy going to weddings so I thought, well, why would I then put people through it if I don't mm. enjoy it? So, you know, just don't bother. <laughs> it's so much easier. Just don't. <laughs> awesome. So what's next for you? What are you doing? You're, you've, got, you've got notes back from an editor and a new thing. Yeah, um, mm. I've had my notes back. And it's just about, well, I want to get a short story done um and then i'm gonna work on this uh middle grade thing um and work through the edits of that and uh christoph paul is also helping me with the outline of this new thing that i um i'm going to be working on then and i think that's going to be like novel size um but we'll see we'll see what the future holds <laughs> cool um, are you going, you going to bed now? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to bed. Yes. Cool. Are you? Yes, I am. My friend is coming over. We're going to do a big breakfast. I'm really excited about it. Oh, 
Um, that's nice. I might try and start watching a film before I go to bed. I watched uh, Bug, the William Friedkin film. Have oh, you seen yeah, it? yeah, with uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh my god, I loved it. Yeah. So it was incredible. Yeah, um, stuff it was a play. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he, uh, Michael Shannon was in the play. Yeah. And then in the film. The part was written for him, apparently. Yeah. Um, and you you can believe it because he does that like creepy paranoid guy so well. He's so intense. Mm. I love him so much. He's very very good. Yeah. He'd be um, on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um. No, but Ashley Judd as well, like, gave an amazing performance yeah, by the end. I was yeah. like, no, that's amazing. And, like, it didn't get such high ratings, I think, because it was marketed as standard horror, which it isn't. Yeah. Like you say, it's like a play. It's a yeah. really disturbing drama. Um, yeah, you can definitely see where there was the first act and then the second act. Mm-hmm. I think because maybe they, because they did it so much like how the play was, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe people didn't like that, but I I love to, you know, I can't get to the theatre as much as I want to, because obviously it's really expensive. Mm. But uh, it's nice to be able to watch something that makes you feel like you've been to a play. Yeah. So And that does. So, yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm always going to prefer film because, like, you can... Just because of stuff that you're not even supposed to do. Like, you can pause it, you can walk away, you can rewind yeah. it, you can put subtitles on. like. Um, yeah, you can I just, just. I love films. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do love films, but um, I I suppose theatre is like it's just another thing I enjoy. You know. Yeah, yeah, of course. It feels special because you can't. I can't get there as much. You know, most people can't get there as much, so it's like a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like watching the film of ghost stories. You can pause it, but when I went, we went to go and see the play. It was like a whole different. Uh, atmosphere because they had this thing where if you left to go to the toilet you couldn't come back in and <laughs> like I got really bad anxiety so I was like thinking about that nearly all the way through it so there is that but also it kind of created a um like a uh, an extra layer of something tension or something yeah yeah tension yeah mm. creepy yeah. yeah. No, it's true. I mean, like each each um like storytelling form or something in its own right has its advantages, disadvantages, things that only yeah. it can do, and so on. And there's also like like you say, there's lines that blur between them as well. Because I think sometimes the people I know who act are some of them have like a theater background, and then they're like, "This is more theater acting than film acting," and I can tell what they mean because sometimes they're like yeah. shouting, and I'm like. That Okay, that was really distorted than this microphone. It's like right in front of your face, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I really enjoy like the just the kind of authenticity of just like people chatting that you can't get with a play because you need to like project to the back. Yeah. So it's just like it's very funny when you're acting in something when somebody's theatre acting at you and you're like, I can hear you. I'm right here. Exactly what you need. Yeah. Takes you right out of it. It's so funny. Like I say, I'd never been around like creative people in real life before. I'd always been around engineers, which is like my day job. And I was just like, God, these engineers are so annoying. Like I wish I could hang out with creative people. And then my revelation was like, I just don't like 
I just don't like people. <laughs> it's people is the problem. It's not the type. Of, it's not the type of person. It's just anyone really. It's always something. I mean, every group that you go into. It's yeah. Like, oh no, you're annoying as well. Yeah, but then maybe I'm the annoying one. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it is. in which case I'll stay home anyway. The solution is I stay home. But um. Yeah. But then I think the, the reassuring thing about that, like an, another one of those difficult revelations about growing up is it's like, well, you know, there's maybe there's not some like other exciting place that you're supposed yeah. to be right now, you know? Yeah. Missing out on. Yeah, yeah. you're doing great. No mm. fear of missing out. Yeah. It's fine, man. It's all good. Yeah. I don't really, yeah, I haven't really <laughs> <laughs> Most things I look at, I'm like, no. <laughs> that looks difficult that looks really hot that looks really yeah it's like yeah when can I brush my teeth where am I getting my next shower like you can't go to the bathroom I'm not going to that play like I want to pee <laughs> great talking to you thank you so much yeah great talking to you as well this I think this will be up in a month or something because Aphotic Realm have a bunch of episodes queued but I'll let you know okay. yeah that's fine and uh, sweet dreams you too. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, so that was Madeline Swan. Her book, The Vine That Ate the Starlet, is out now with Filthy Loot. Um, if you are a reader, writer, editor, you know, somehow involved in reading or writing or art in general, whatever it is, you can always get in touch with me using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com if you want to be on the show or you want to tell me something, blah, 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 so on. Um, but that's all for me. Thank you for listening. Uh, Until next time, bye-bye.